Don't touch that dial. Grab a seat in front of the television, not too close. And don't pick at the marshmallows, cause here comes the Frosted Side. With the Daves, Dave Morrison and Dave Linquist. Saturday morning, it's a magical ride. So hop on board with the Frosted Side. Dave M, Dave L, watch the Saturday shows and give you useful facts that only Morrison knows. They bring on a guest, review a cartoon and a sugary cereal. Grab a spoon, don't touch that channel. Grab some chow, the frosted side. It begins now. Hey guys, it's Dave M here on the frosted side. Dave L is out and about. Hopefully you guys are having a good week trying to stay healthy. There's been a lot of that illness going around. I won't say which one, but uh, make sure you stay positive and test negative. We have a fun show for you. I invited my friend Jack Gill. He is host and creator of the Hardly Focused podcast available on all streaming platforms he used to be a producer for the Hillman Morning Show at the now-defunct 107.3 FM WAAF, a formerly cutting-edge rock station in Massachusetts. Now it's Christian music. Ugh. But anyway, he's on. We review Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes together at last, like nuts and gum. You'll hear a lot of Simpsons references in this podcast, and we also review, most importantly, Sonic the Hedgehog, the pilot episode, Super Sonic, but we mostly talk about Jack's radio days as well as mine. So, without any further ado, don't touch that dial, grab a seat not too close in front of the television, and don't pick at the marshmallows because here comes another episode of The Frosted Side with the Daves, Dave Morrison and Dave Linquist. guys welcome to the frosted side i am dave morrison and you are dave lundquist how's it going dave you know it's going great i think we're over the hump this past tuesday i don't know about you but i flushed an orange turd down the toilet also on that (laughs) same tuesday i voted out trump hey uh, yeah, I'm I'm just ready for everything to be official. It's just fatigue at this point on my end, like residual anxiety. I just I, I just want everything like you know the, the the paperwork signed or what what have you, and just I, I want to be able to exhale, you know. Well, Trump's going to barricade himself in the White House, so we've got all the snacks you need right here for your watching on Saturday because <laughs> it's going to happen probably for the next couple of weekends or for however long the second civil war goes anyway gonna try to keep it together for this week's podcast it says so in my notes but i am gonna (laughs) fangirl over this hold on i'm gonna fangirl over our next guest because our guest today is one of the unsung heroes of boston radio and his talents are behind the boards but 
man, what a career. He is the former assistant producer of the Hillman Morning Show at the now defunct 107.3 FM WAAF in Boston. He's currently the host of the Hardly Focused podcast. Would you please welcome to the frosted side, Mr. Jack Gill. Hey. What's going on? Hey, Thanks. Jack. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank I'm you doing so well. much. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I'm going to give a little bit of my backstory of how I met Jack Gill. See, we both grew up, both grew up in, in central Massachusetts. We both grew up on WAAF and heavy metal music, but we both grew up on Opie and Anthony. Dave, I know you listen to ONA too, but that was the show that made me want to get into radio. And Jack... And I both knew Greg, Opie Hughes, and Anthony. Everybody knows them, the people who don't really listen to to shock jock radio. They probably know them as kind of like the lesser Howard Stearns. But around here, they were pretty big. And Jack, you knew them. You you kind of met them off and on. And, mm-hmm. and I met... And, you know, I met them at an early age, and then you probably had a better experience with uh, Greg Opie Hughes and Anthony Cumia than I did when I ran into them years later at a WBCN uh, remote uh, years later that they did with Toucher and Rich, which uh, back then Toucher and Rich were on WBCN before years before the Sports Hub, but Greg was just such a diva. I'm sorry. But you you have probably better stories <laughs> than um, than me. Uh, I don't know if they're no. better. Um, so back in, I'd say around like 2000, it wasn't a long period of time. It was like 2007 to maybe like 2009. They had a really sweet studio in Manhattan at, at uh, XM. This is before the the merge where they're now Sirius XM. So they had this cool mm. studio uh, around 2007. It was renovated uh, where they, they had a whole spot for listeners like listeners uh could go in and just hang out in the studio with them while they did their uh their xm show because remember the time that you were just talking about dave uh mm. and it's gonna throw me off that you're both named dave um yeah sorry about dave that. m <laughs> i'm the one with the tan dave morrison the one with the uh the the melatonin but go on you, you yes so you, you can't you tell. Mentioned, uh wbcn when they were on with uh toucher and rich and during that era don't forget they did the, the the weirdest thing you could do in radio where they had the the first three hours of their show i think it was 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 on fm and then the last two hours were on satellite so for those and they two did the hours, walkover yeah yeah and for those two hours the the listeners could go and hang out in the studio with them um literally all you had to do is show up so um I did that uh, maybe like three or four times. Um, and, you know, they, they, no, they were, they were nice. I mean, that's, I mean, that's it. They would actually talk to the listeners. They weren't, they weren't jerks by any means. Um, and uh, there was one time, it was Jim Norton's birthday in 2008. And uh, I have no problems with Jim, by the way. He was probably one of the nicest guys to me. But yeah, go on. Myself, um, my my friend and podcast co-host Ack and mm. uh, my, my wife Kate, three of us went down and we're we're there at XM. I was, we brought Ack with us because at the time we were doing a 
the our precursor to our current podcast. It was called the Ack and Jack Show. It was just nothing but an Opie and Anthony ripoff. It's just embarrassing to listen to now. But um, it's Jim Norton's birthday. Man, it was great. They, uh, there was a Black Sabbath cover band studio. Uh, oh, and then, Jimmy loved that. <laughs> and then music legend Chubby Checker was there for some reason. Um, wow. Oh. Oh, and uh, Louis C.K. was there, too. Uh, okay. Who cares about him? And yeah. <laughs> uh, at one point, uh, they, they brought in this giant birthday cake for Jim. And Kate, just without thinking, just exclaims, I will take my clothes off for that cake. And I'm like, <laughs> I, looked over, oh, no. uh, I looked over at either Danny or E-Rock. I'm like, hey, get over here. She'll take her clothes off for that cake. And she did. She took down her underwear, let her in studio, and uh, there, there's the audio. So I'm, you can probably find it on YouTube if you really want to. Play. But you can hear her like helping herself to some cake, and and everyone just ogling her. And I'm like, this is great. Oh is my awesome. god! <laughs> so and uh, Opie just started following our uh, hardly focused Twitter account just the other day. I consider I that. I saw that. I wanted you to talk about that. I figured this would be kind of a good segue. Yeah. I mean, you talk about fangirl. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So let me let me start off by plugging myself, if that's okay. It's why. Uh, oh, go please. for it. So hardly focused. Uh, we're on uh, all the podcast apps. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and uh, several others. I'm sure. All thanks to Anchor. Uh, you can find us at hardlyfocused.com. We're also on YouTube and um, all the all the social medias. And uh, I've been now my my. Uh, hardly focused twitter account first started off as my own personal one in in like 2009 and i got it because opie got on twitter and was talking about it so i'm like yeah i'll, I'll do so i've been following <laughs> it like 2009 and then turned into the, the the show was called talk radio meltdown for uh about 10 11 years um so it turned into that now it's my hardly focused twitter account and, and in just like two or three nights ago uh i get a notification uh that opie radio is now following me and um Living the dream. Yeah, pretty sure just a liquid shit is what happened. Because, <laughs> because like, that's it. I won. I, I, I don't need to do radio anymore because now <laughs> Opie is Opie's familiar with Hardly Focused. So uh, uh, now is, is he still he's still doing a pot? He's on a podcast now with Norton or is that also on Sirius XM? No, that's like, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on Sirius XM. Oh, right. XM. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of slowly trickled from Opie and Anthony. It's kind of yeah. been the path, right? Yeah. yeah, Opie does his own podcast now. Um, Anthony's got his show that he's been doing for like the last six years, and then yeah, it's the remnants of Opie and Anthony are found in the Jim and Sam show. Um, I believe yeah. Travis is the only like leftover from from opie and anthony it's involved uh, okay, there might be yeah. a couple other folks as well but it's that's that's uh that's it. although i've i've heard and i don't have satellite radio at all but i I've used heard, to <laughs> i heard their show is like the second most listened to show on on the platform next to howie so i stopped i mean that listening. makes sense well, I was going to say, I, I mean, because I, I, I grew up on them and I hung out with them at WAAF when they were on with Ozone, Rocco, Hillman, Morning Show, who you were the assistant producer for. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. I know we want to touch on your pick, Sonic the Hedgehog, the pilot from 1993 and Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes. We're going to get into all that because that's why we're here. But you have such an illustrious 
career behind the mic. You've got your illustrious career started at Connecticut School of Broadcasting. May it forever yeah. rest in peace. And uh, <laughs> by the Money. way, those credits are non-transferable, Jack, if you ever want to go to Emerson. So <laughs> just uh, uh, FYI. Where but, am I going to go and use my free studio time now? There's uh, no more Massachusetts location. It's gone. Uh, uh, now, and, uh, now, Jack, when were you when were you with AAF? Because I worked uh, in the uh, New Balance building, kind of at, at the uh, bottom floor when they were in there for a couple of years at one point. Okay, I was there from 2008 to 2012. Okay, so I would have left there, yeah, like August 08 or so. So there must have been a little bit of overlap. Yeah, I was at. Uh, I got hired uh, officially on my on my birthday. It was October uh, 21st, 2008. So probably never ran into each other. Uh, very. Uh, this is very inside baseball, but I still miss the uh, the uh, office cafeteria in that oh building compared to I, other ones I've had since, and it's just so much better than other ones. No, I was thinking <laughs> about that the other day. I gotta say though, I actually uh, uh, chipped a little bit of a, a tooth off eating something from that cafeteria one. Still doesn't mean I, I I don't miss it because that. I mean, I've got. Now I haven't been in my my work building uh, since March, thanks to COVID. But mm. the uh, cafe there—I mean, they're trying their best, but nothing nothing compares to the New Balance yeah. cafe, the uh, old New Balance building cafe. I don't know what that building is now. It's not New Balance anymore. New yeah, Balance, I think they sold it off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't had that experience yet. I think I just bring my own lunch and I'm lucky enough to have a Keurig, <laughs> but it sounded, sounded absolutely amazing. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I was a little shit growing up in the suburban Westford, Massachusetts and WAF was all we listened to Rocco at night, O and A in the afternoon. I fell in love with them when they started shitting on Harriet the spy during their movie reviews. This was around 1996. Jack, I think you were about maybe five or six years old at that time when um, ONA were, were really at their peak. And then you had Ozone, John Osterlin, who's now doing radio at um, it Bayou 95.7. And uh, I believe it's an intercom station or radio.com. And don't quote me on that. Um, but WAF, they flipped this year to Christian Rock. Yeah. They're now Air, Air One. But uh, we'll, can, I, can I tell you guys about the the night that AAF went off? Well, the that's what we were gonna we oh, were yeah, gonna have please. you talk about yeah. that, please, because it was a really special night. Uh, I recorded it, and um, the final song they played was Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath uh, from Black Sabbath. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I just hearing Mistress Carrie, you know, just oh my god, and Mike's shoe. Oh, it was it was so brutal. But you were there. Tell us yeah. what it was like inside, because I can't even imagine what it was like. Um, so I'll I'll preface it by saying that you know I, the the news shocked me just as much as it did anyone else in Boston, it, it, including the on air people, the people at uh, AAF, because um, it just it, it was sudden the the news that uh, EMF was purchasing the the EMF, not Air One. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's all the same. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Back, get it. Add a little bit of music here. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a shock. Uh, I remember calling. Um, I, I called. Uh, you know, everyone I knew when that happened. Um, and I remember that I said the same thing that every every person I spoke to on the phone was: I would never lie to you, because what I was about to say 
sounded like the most ridiculous prospect imaginable that the hard rock station in Boston was, was flipping to Christian, whatever. Um, so, uh, then I called Mike Branger 40 to get the scoop from him. And, um, you know, Branger 40, that's one of those, a lot of the friends I made at WAF, I, I, you know, I look at them as friends, but then in the back of my mind, I think to myself, like there are people that look at, at, these folks like celebrities and then when i just bring up range 40 in passing uh the first reaction that people have is oh my god he was still there because that guy had been around for like 20 30 years yeah. oh yeah, yeah i grew up on him yeah yeah he uh i mean he got the short end of the stick too because he he was the one that revealed to me and at the time um it was supposed to be in secret you know the big secret was that brangy was going to take over mornings at, uh, at AAF and they, they were revamping the lineup. They were going to have a, you know, Jim a, Ryan, Jim Ryan. Yeah. He was going to do uh nights. Uh, my buddy, Josh Dolan, who got oh. his on my podcast. I will, I can take credit for that. And I, and I thank Josh for reminding me of that uh, on, on AAF's last night. Um, yeah. Cause I knew Josh is a listener of the morning show and he was uh, his claim to fame is he would call in and do this just, just awful cam neely impression but but everyone <laughs> and i ended up befriending him and i reached out to him like yo i do this podcast um you know why, why don't you come on uh and you know i could tell he, he kind of even there's only a couple of years difference between us but you reminded me of me because he really wanted to be in radio so he uh. came on at the time again it was called talk radio meltdown he came on that night uh and josh reminded me it was the same night that we had comedian bob kelly on the phone and i guess oh josh, my god oh, yeah, yeah that bob kelly well, that's a start, right? Like the kid's first, like, quote unquote, radio appearance, and he gets to do it with a well known comedian. And he said something to Bob Kelly, I guess, that just pissed off Bobby. Before <laughs> or after he broke his knee on Dane Cook's special Torgasm. <laughs> I, I remember broke my knee, man. All I remember is at the time that I you know, the week before, and Bobby had lost a, like a significant amount of weight. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things, it's kind of like Jonah Hill. The, the skinnier you are, the less funny you are. So. <laughs> But, um, oh, wow, I just uh, got significantly off track with that one. Well, oh, one that's what we do here. I'm a catalyst to that. Uh, that's why the show's called Hardly Focus, by the way, because as you can see, you just you start off on one thing, and next thing you know, you're you're around the world. But um, uh, so, yeah, the, the, there was going to be this whole lineup, the station. It was going to be great. They were really going to recapture the, the golden years of the station, which people argue was like the, the late 80s through the early – uh 2000s dave you mentioned that i was like five or six years old during the opie and anthony era and you're they right I, so I, many I, bands so many good bands and bands that we'll never hear again and I, I and one of the things i do is i interrupt when i have a a really really good memory or a point but i recall listening to bands that you know were like one hit wonders like the nixons they had that song sister and then they uh, the aaf broke them and uh another band the hunger not too many people outside their family know them but they af tried to break them vanishing cream was the big song um and of course uh, af has to take responsibility because choices have consequences they have to take responsibility for creed they launched creed <laughs> they did well, well hey god smack too god smack days of the new they did god smack they did days of the new they did seven dust and then uh, the, well, i love seven dust uh, don't hate on them don't hate on Lejean witherspoon we've heard it everywhere 
simple man but not the leonard skinnard version the, the shine down version of course wow. the acoustic wow. one the shine down version of simple man Wow, I, I think I'd suppress that memory, and I and and I have that clip only because of my friend. You have that uh, in your head. My friend Chris Paget, who who hosted uh, the Sandbox on WFNX, I have that. Oh clip yeah, but you're friends with everybody in Boston radio. Everybody, you're, you're an AAF guy, but you managed to bridge the gap because there was always a camp of WAF people in one corner, usually the quote unquote working class kids from Worcester County and uh, Northern Middlesex, where I grew up, and then you had the BCN kids, kind of the old hippie, you know, all rockers uh and then he had fnx who were the really really cool punk in college and brit pop rockers and i gotta say jack musically because you're also a great drummer i've seen your video uh recently of you drumming to uh again by alice in chains and you you spot on my friend by well, the thank way you. I appreciate just that. a yeah. shout out on uh, that but you have uh, and you you can yeah, listen to Slayer and then you can listen to something like Oasis. Uh, like I'm not even joking. You can go yeah. from Stone Roses to something like uh, like Metallica or Alice in Chains and and there's or, or Gin Blossoms or Toe the Wet Sprocket. And you're really big fans of those groups. Like a lot of people rag on the '90s bands, but you are just you're just a really really uh, good fan of good music. And I got to give it to you. And you're unabashed about it. <laughs> every every band that I love, you just listed there. Um, uh, yeah, I when we did because I, I worked in promotions too at AF, and um, right. the there were big events like the like the New England Auto Show, for example, where it would be AF and and BCN slash ZLX, and then FNX would be there. And the BCN, the CBS radio guys would just destroy our shit we were just literally in a constant physical war with these guys and it just i hated it because i'm like guys just you're you're making our jobs so much more difficult than it needs to be because you're you're trying to you know glamorize slash fuel this radio war that hasn't been relevant for at the time 10 15 years uh but that was that so whereas the bcn zlx guys would come just wreck our shit the fnx guys would come over and they were the the nicest uh coolest people hang out with and we would help each other set up and break down and and um i mean i got i got tales of us just you know me and and my AAF friends, especially while we're uh, wearing our AAF gear, just hanging out with the FNX folks um, and just causing, you know, a marketing nightmare. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. Actually being cordial. Um, I remember it was, I think, one of the last AAF events I worked in 2012. It was the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the Garden. Oh. And I picked up the opportunity to go to the show because we had tickets to go inside uh, I passed up the opportunity to instead go to a bar and uh, get sloshed with the FNX people <laughs> and made a point to wear my AAF gear while I was there. So, um, but yeah, the, the last night, cause I, I want to tell you guys about it. Cause it's just, it's, it was such a, uh, it was such a story. It was such a night, man. It was for one, it was like February. It was late February. It was just weeks before the lockdown. That was the sure. thing. What, yeah, what, we, I know. what we did that night. And it sounds so ridiculous. Just hanging out. <laughs> just a lot of people crammed in tiny hallways. Just you say that right now in November of 2020, it, and it feels just, like a lifetime ago. People yeah. 
the thought. Uh, and I got violently ill after that night too. Like uh, a couple days later, I came down with literally the worst sickness I've ever had. And I swear I had actually had COVID. Like someone had to have had it, gave it to me because then, you know, a couple of weeks later it was the, the, the world turned upside down. But, um, yeah, so the news, the news breaks, um, AAF was silent about it for a couple of days. Then they finally go on social media and they start talking about it. And the, the first hit for me was, um, on my personal, Instagram, they posted a photo. And I remember it was a photo of one of the microphones in the studio, with the, the mic flag, the AF mic flag on it. And they tagged in that post, all like all the on air people, they tagged a bunch of off air or not off air, uh, uh, former on air people like uh. Opie and Anthony were tagged in there, ozone. Um, and then they, for some reason, they tagged me. And well, I don't why know why not? You're, you're a star. Come on. You've contributed to that station more than you will ever know. The things that you've done behind the scenes. I think when I first met you back in 2010, actually, I first got wind of you through whackbag.com, which was the Opie and Anthony message board. You'd promoted your, your podcast uh, on the message board. And then I did a little uh you know, creeping on your profile, not to sound creepy myself, but uh, I saw you and I'm like, oh my God, this kid has so many radio friends in common with me. I'm going to be, I'm going to friend this kid on Facebook. And sure enough, that's how I got to know you. And you invited me on talk radio meltdown down in Framingham when I was doing a different show at a different station at the time. And uh, yeah. the rest is history. I think that was the first time I met you too. I I do remember now, despite me being tanked that night, it was the you were not you were not tanked. I mean, you you were you weren't three sheets to the wind, but you were kind of getting there, maybe. The, the 200th episode of our of Talk Radio Mouth, I remember. Yeah, it was at the 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 former tavern in in Framingham, and that just that night alone just uh, floored me with the amount of people that showed up. And then we we did like a stand up uh, section that I guess like. I was told later on that like Will Noonan was there and I don't know. I don't know. I really, I, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I had to have been just obliterated because I don't remember. I would remember something like Will Noonan being part of it and I don't, but, um, that's, I remember meeting you there, Dave. Cause I remember you, I think you offered me like a radio job then. And I was like, Oh, CAP. I take that radio offering back because I would not <laughs> offer my dog a job at WCAP is not something that I really talked about negatively because in radio, like I said, if you want to keep working, you don't want to talk smack about your former place of employment. But it's like that for any job. But in radio, it, it, it's really prevalent because you don't want to burn bridges because it's such a small community. But it's even tougher to get a job now, especially with COVID-19. But uh, CAP was a very, I mean, they moved their studios, but it was a pretty tough environment. Let me just put it that way. We had a boss who, if I had to describe him picture we called him the colonel and he was and he was an actual colonel in the u.s military he he was retired but he ran the place like a clown show every single day and the, the studio was a mess they had a transmitter that ran on tubes in fact i still think it runs on tubes and it was the old power transmitter you don't see anything like that anymore yeah <laughs> They, they, they have some tubes they get from some antique dealer in Alabama. They're in its original wrapping. And once those tubes go down because of uh, flooding in the Lowell 
Drake at Tingsboro State Forest, that's it. That station goes off the air. They would have to upgrade their equipment, and that's not uh, wow. that's not cheap, especially these days. It was the purchase and sale. Uh, he paid like $1.2 out of $2.4 million, him and this other radio consultant. And it was just a bunch of other people who had passed through radio and anybody else who was up and coming from Emerson. They got out of there, and I got out of there. It took me about seven years, but I finally, I finally made my escape up to New Hampshire, where I worked with Harry Hawkins. Uh, Harry the Hawk, you you worked with him at WAAF for a brief time. Yeah, we both shared the same refugee stories about defecting away from WCAP and Lowell. Yeah, uh, it's, it's because of Harry that um, I ended up getting the job on the Hillman Morning Show. Oh, um, wow. I didn't know that. First started with me, I think, like befriending Harry on on social media, and then uh, my my first time just hanging out and actually being able to get on air um, was because of Harry. Uh, and then at that point, for then through Harry, I met Carmelita, and then sure. so I did some work on they um, Rock. They stayed Rock for a few months. Um, I, I had some dealings with her back in the day. I used to be a um, literary publicist, getting uh, people interviews on radio stations, and we get the occasional uh, local musician. And man, her her championing of, of local acts and stuff, at least around that time, was like unlike anyone other. Yeah, and she's still she's still at it too. I mean, she's turned basically Rock into a podcast. Um, and my buddy Anthony is involved with that, and. Um, uh in a small world too uh her her partner there anthony uh played in a band with uh my co-host on hardly focus nate fillers so it's sure. uh found that out and it was just like what that like a, it's like the world ah. is place no no it's not we're all connected somehow yeah. um and i was i was so happy like that last night if i mean carm was there um you know it was, it was such a treat to see her and like we keep in touch um even though like my time working with her was so um you know, it was pretty brief, all things considered. But um, and yeah, that night, man, just like the the people that came through, there was a lot of a lot of folks I could have done without seeing <laughs> ever again. Um, and then there was others I hadn't seen literally in eight years that I it was just like it was like a high school reunion, except everyone actually wanted to be there. Um, and uh, uh, Bob and Zip were there. That was wow, that was a, they were oh, one wow. of the first. Yeah. And texting and calling. I remember uh, I'd, I'd walked into, they were hanging out in one of the production studios and I just walked in and just proclaimed, I'm like, you'll have to excuse me. I'm very young. I know who you are. I just don't know which one is which. <laughs> um, um, and they, you know, I remember, I think like Anthony called in. Anthony yeah, he did call in. And, and, um, 
Ozone called in, and uh, I, I, um, I'm blanking. I know Brander Forty was there, and he talked a little bit about uh, how he kind of never left WAF. He was still around. Kevin Barbary, i, I got to give a shout-out to Kevin because he's done so much for other radio shows that I've worked on uh, in the Boston area behind the scenes, and uh, he's an incredible voice talent. Uh, oh, my God, one of the best. And he's one yeah. funny fucker. Yeah, I uh, I have uh, seriously enjoyed being able to to not only call him, uh, you know, a friend, a good friend, but just keeping in touch with, just, even just keeping in touch with him with with Daniel Murr. I mean, like wow. Greg and I, you know, I've I will I've bounced between you know going on uh, heated rants about <laughs> my 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 relationship with Greg uh, versus. Uh, you know, I've seen the guy actually two or three times in the last uh, in the past year. And, you know, we we got along or just catch up. It was just like old times. Um, I went in for his uh, last show at, at AF. I went in and spent the morning there. And of course, the fucking guy put me to work. He was like, oh, <laughs> hey, can you roll this song in the, in the white orbit for me. Uh, this song. And I'm just like, Greg, what the hell? Yeah, sure. I got it. <laughs> so. Jesus oh, Christ. I, at least you guys use wide orbit. That's what we used up at Benny Media. Um, that's, that's, that's I, don't how... I don't know anything about it. I'll tell you this. I, yeah. I know nothing about it because we used Audio Vault and uh, they, they switched over a few years after I left. And uh, I, don't, I actually don't know anything about wide orbit. I couldn't. I can tell uh, you it's it's got all the bells and whistles. But if you don't know how to use it, uh, one one glitch and kaboom. Yeah. That's pretty much about it. Other than that, I mean, it, it pretty much uh, it, it's. It's not like next gen where they're, you know, that was, you know, it's, it's easy to run, even though it is such a shitty interface, but now wide orbit, it, it's pretty, it, it, it's pretty strong. It's uh, pretty spry and it's got, it's what all the professionals use, at least from what I see on some of the radio message boards, they've well, always taken the uh, selfie with all, with the radio logs and it's always, oh, that's wide orbit. You guys use that. Well, it's the gold standard now. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty jarring when I saw them using it and realized that it took them 15 years to upgrade their automation software. So because yeah. they're using, well, using Audio Vault, which hasn't, you know, the, the version they were using was from like 2001. And that was it. Hadn't been updated since. You so. have. Hey, listen, you have not lived until you've worked at a station that uses Playlist Editor. <laughs> And the room goes silent. Ooh. So, oh, well, so so before before we do our uh, transition over to the to oh the actual cartoon God, serial yes. while we're doing the kind of tech inside baseball stuff, I wanted to actually pick your brain a bit here, Jack. How's uh, how's it go as far as the um, the video podcast you're putting out there? You said hardly focused is up on YouTube, and you're recording them now by a zoom or something of yeah. that sort it is how uh how are you liking it how do you find the reception are, are people drawn to those because dave and i have have talked about it and we're kind of considering going in that direction yes. so. uh it's weird uh because like some videos i put like and i very rarely do any sort of like um paid promotions advertising anything like that um but yeah. it's weird some videos i'm lucky if i get like five views on them and then other videos i don't know if it's just because of the tags i use or how i title them but they end up garnering uh upwards of of a thousand views if not more so it's sort of hit or miss but it's what everyone it's what everyone else is doing this day it's just one more yeah. outlet for us to get um 
listeners on and, and for the you know the technical side of it i mean we use zencaster for the audio part like you guys and then zoom is just for the video we don't do the audio through that mm-hmm. um, and then i just record it the video to zoom and um uh, match the audio up later on so mm. we have to look into it because we've been toying with so many things it's been incremental our our podcast is is coming and evolving so slowly i think uh, by the time so we get steady, the right? video <laughs> up and uh, have the studio in in place i think they'll be done counting in nevada and arizona <laughs> just a little, a little <laughs> and, and or my uh, one-year-old will be in college <laughs> And you want to talk a little bit about why you picked Supersonic from Sonic the Hedgehog in 1993? Uh, yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll begin it by saying that for a long time when I was growing up, uh, no one believed me that this cartoon even existed. I, I don't understand why it was such a uh, like a trivial matter to wow. get people to, to convince people that, they, you know, this was a thing. Um, but, it you know, it was. And uh now thanks to um you know the the internet things like netflix now it's on cbs, CBS all access uh i was watching it on youtube where like someone just uploaded the whole series to youtube so um it's out there now uh it, now there's a, a channel called toon disney that i grew up with and uh they mm-hmm. played not this sonic the hedgehog they played the adventures of sonic the hedgehog which was the the precursor series which i just hated by comparison it was so campy and it was kind of off the wall and, you slapstick know, yeah. i would argue that um the 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 dr robotnik portrayed in the adventures of sonic the hedgehog is uh very much donald trump Oh, my God. I can see that. I'm much more familiar with that cartoon. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny that you mentioned that because not to interrupt like I normally do, but uh, it's uh, it's funny because I was watching the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, the pilot episode that was the wrong Sonic. We were talking about that uh, before we came in tonight. And uh, I watched that whole episode, the wrong episode uh, from the wrong series. And it was it was where um, there was this. Oh God, I forget the name of the um, uh, uh, the 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 character. Uh, but uh, he captured this. He was stalking this woman for thirty years, and Sonic decided to like get dressed up in drag or something, Robotnik, and you know he had been obsessing over this woman. Uh, like Ro- I forget her name, like Rhoda. Oh, listen, listen that sonic series with their like psas that they would do sonic says yeah oh Uh, yeah it gave us this gem there's nothing more cool than being hugged by someone you like but if someone tries to touch you in a place or in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable that's no good what Oh my god, I gotta get a soundboard. Oh. We're getting that too. We're upgrading. Come on. Oh, Jack, that was that was spectacular. Oh, so you. I mean I mean that, that leads me into one point as far as the confusion goes. Uh same voice actor across both these Jaleel motherfucking and, white. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's Sonic. He did it on three series. There's another series afterwards. Um really? Oh wow. Sonic, uh, Sonic Underground, which was terrible, but he uh voiced him there. And then uh 
someone did a like. Are you sure uh, that wasn't Stefan or Kel? <laughs> it was at this point. I mean, it was like 1999, but at this point, uh, Jaleel White's career was otherwise over. Like the Urkel thing was done. No one cared because 45 uh, year old guys walking around in high socks and pants and suspenders isn't really a good look after 1998. Yeah. <laughs> he did. A, he didn't. Someone made like a fan made. And this was like 10 years ago. A fan made live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, where where the Sonic portrayed there was just the the stuff of nightmares, but um, Julia White actually agreed to lend his voice to Sonic. Oh, that's great. Oh. That's great. Um, but I picked it because I uh, where where when I was growing up, everyone had Nintendo. I had Sega. Um, so you were and, the cool kid. Come on, you're even cooler yeah. now. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and Sega does what Nintendo don't. I grew up uh, playing every Sonic game religiously, um, and the the TV series. I remember, you know, I was I was pretty young when that that show actually aired, but I just remember uh, going nuts because it was you know Sonic and, and Tails and everyone, but they had voices, and that's the thing that just like threw me into a loop. And then this, and then the series ended abruptly. Actually, it ended on a cliffhanger, and. Um, you know, you now the series, the cartoon series, you never saw or or heard from it again, again, until maybe, you know, within the last decade. Uh, but the uh, comic series under Archie Comics was mm. based on the TV show. It had all the characters uh, that actually ended just a couple of years ago. So it went on for a very long time. Yeah, but. I, I, I got to jump in on this here is like I was oh. around the time this came out. I was, you know, maybe 13, 14. I think it was like 94. Oh, OK, maybe I'm 12. And like I'm like the superhero comic book collecting kid, like buying two copies, throwing things in bags because they all have holographic covers. And, you know, right. I look them up 10 years later. All that stuff is worthless. At the exact same time, my little brother is seven years younger than me is buying the, the like Sonic the Hedgehog Archie comics and stuff. First five issues of that are worth easily 100 150 bucks a pop as of at least 10 years ago i have no idea what these things are worth now but like that's that comic just took off i know yep and uh i live near i live down the street from a store called that's entertainment in, in worcester and they for a long time they put the archie comic series like in, in boxes right like by the register like it was sort of like their area where they're it's the stuff they're trying to get rid of and i would just like would just cringe because it's like come on man i grew up on this i used to read i had a subscription oh. at one point oh, like wow come on but um yeah so i uh i just i i loved that series because it was dark um it, it there's the variety of characters and i mentioned the voices earlier too because it was just uh jarring when i was younger to actually hear them all have voices and i found out later on and was actually doing a lot of research into this today and all the voice talent on sonic the hedgehog every single voice actor that you rugrats know. yeah most of them were on rugrats yeah or disney's uh, yeah. winnie the adventures of winnie the pooh um yeah. uh you had uh katie Ka- kathy sushi uh, Princess Sally, and then the uh, rest in power, the late great Christine Cavanaugh as Bunny. Uh, Christine Cavanaugh, of course, the voice of Chucky on Rugrats, and uh, Marty Sherman on The Critic. And uh, you remember her from Salute Your Shorts. If you don't recognize that voice, then uh, you got to get your ears cleaned. But, right. Yeah. And 
Robotnik in that yeah. one was by the Jim. great Jim Cummings. Jim yeah. Cummings. Uh, Pete from uh, Goof Troop and then literally every NPC in Skyrim. Wow. <laughs> he's, uh, he either does uh, Winnie the Pooh, I think, right? Is that what hey, Jim right? Cummings. Yeah, he's Tigger, I believe. Right. Yeah. Tigger. And we actually yeah. talked about that uh, in uh, the uh, cartoon All Stars to the Rescue with Kevin Harrington, Jim yes, Cummings. Right. Yeah. Uh, we reviewed and that. and of course uh, his uh, not his henchmen but the little robots the um, the robot chicken who is not comic relief in this one but more his pet oh, and yeah. the other robots uh, vocal effects by uh, everyone take a drink They're your frosted side drinking game by the Frank Welker Frank did Welker. some voice work on this <laughs> I think ninety percent of the cartoons we've done. Frank Welker in a cartoon? <laughs> Surely you jest. Surely you jest. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think he shows up in this episode. But I think Rob Paulson did this too. Who's just in? That's another voice actor. Everything. I work. I can't remember who did uh, Snively, but um, I think it might have. It was and my, oh Charlie Adler did Snively, if I'm not mistaken. Charlie Adler doing, doing yeah, like we, a great like snaggletooth Charles Nelson Riley kind of. Like. <laughs> that voice is just spectacular. Uh, Very neatly, yeah, yeah. He was but, uh, uh, he was in Gem, of course. We reviewed that a couple weeks uh, back, uh, Dave and I. So he's he's another voice actor. You you he, in every cartoon, you just take a drink. For me, I just yeah, I played. I I grew up in kind of a chaotic household uh, around 1993 into 1994. Uh, around that time, I, I had a lot of you know personal family issues, and I would just kind of disappear into my own world. And you had Sega Genesis, Jack. I had a Nintendo Super NES, but I could afford Game Gear, so I used to play. Uh, before school, before the nanny would come over, I would play Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic Chaos. That was the game I would just kind of disappear into, and I'd win every single time uh, uh, with Sonic and with Tails, but usually with Tails. Uh, and then whenever my parents would try to get me out, I was I would always just play video games, Sonic uh, 2, and, and Sonic Chaos, because that was just my way of escaping. And then watching the series... On Saturday morning on ABC, the Sonic the Hedgehog was more of an escape. And it was the badass version compared to the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which uh, I watched in syndication. And it was campy. It was an insult to my intelligence. And I, I think the viewers, <laughs> like you just played. So, so you guys are, I think I might have to fight you guys on this one. Cause, okay. uh, granted, my, my little brother is more a fan of, you know, sort of both of these when this show came out. I was about 12, so bordering on too old for it. But but the the other, like, you know, the, the, the syndicated other ones kind of got your stupid slapsticky sort of like Three Stooges humor. But the, this one, this one's like, I don't mean to go too hard on it, but it's like, the the serialized nature of it, I think, like, I couldn't follow it from one week to the next and, like, who, who all the characters were. There was some sort of, like, you know, drama back and forth between them. And, like, you got to give it at least, you know, some criticism for it was trying really hard to be cool to the point where, like, we did um, we did Street Sharks previously as, as oh, one of our cartoons. And this has got a similar element to that in that, like, it's it's trying. Well, this is where I am going to have to fight you, at least in the intellectual argument, because I think um, Mopletropolis uh, was a, a community of people that Sonic and Princess Sally were trying to save, where, uh, whereas in the adventures 
of Sonic the Hedgehog. It was just one gag after another. And uh, I think when you try to take a cartoon that is seemingly very campy and kind of buffoonish and you try to make it kick ass, then, you know, I know they did that. They tried that. Uh, going off topic a little bit with Lost in Space, uh, that the they took the '60s campy TV show and they tried to make it really badass in, in the cinematic universe and with Gary Oldman. I mean, you, you don't fuck around when you're casting Gary Oldman, but when you try to make uh, a, a, a you trying to bring some seriousness to something that is seen as very very cartoonish and buffoonish you, you know it's an attempt i think point, this point would... taken yeah i think I, I think part of the my issue with it and we can kind of get into this jack you chose this one as it was the pilot episode and we we were doing some digging it's numbered episode 105 i don't know if you guys have done more looking but this is definitely like in the middle of the story like yeah, we're, I, we're not I, getting introduced to these characters yeah, i did some my own research the reason why it was the first it was the first one that aired um and you can actually find on youtube the because i you know did my research on wikipedia and they cite this to you a did video. your research you sound like a mom who's researching vaccines i did my research i'll have you know <laughs> um, someone uploaded like uh, they they were just like recording the VHS the morning that Song the Hedgehog premiered on their on their local ABC affiliates, and uh, the the premiere episode was technically the fifth one of the series, but um, all episodes but were out of order at that time. It was it's just out of order, but I think you also did, have the advantage it? that you don't really. Ooh, what was that? The only thing you really need to be introduced to is uh. Robotnik and Robotropolis and um, the fact that there's like this war going on, but uh, Supersonic just kind of like, yeah, it does just kind of pick up in the middle of it, but there really is, in my opinion, no need to really introduce anyone at that point. So, so as, as a series, like, I guess you're more familiar with it overall too. It's not like, really sort of serialized one to the next you need to follow the broader arc of the thing necessarily yeah they did some episodes where there was like an arc i guess i know that when it ended uh what ended up being the series finale it was a cliffhanger that was supposed to carry on into the next season i, I believe it ended with a uh like a shot to black and then a, like a pair of red glowing eyes appears. And that was supposed to be the setup for what was going to happen in season three. And they ended up carrying that instead into the comic series because the comic series, while it featured all these characters, it started off just being every issue was its own independent story. And then it turned into the typical mm. serial comics where every, you know, every six to 12 issues was one story arc and then it would transfer into the next one i got my subscription right at the start of a story arc so i i which i followed uh straight to the end um uh, and the comics also followed the same well once they stopped being campy and started doing storylines the comics despite being a you know for kids because it was under the archie label uh, they, it was pretty dark, man. There was, a, yeah. I remember there was a whole uh, story. It was a story on the side about uh, when Tails was born, and uh, 
the the story they established there is that his parents the second the second he he popped into the world uh his parents were mm-hmm. uh because i think they were like royalty and they were captured by robotnik and then uh, roboticized is what it was called they were turned into robots wow that's dark. really sad yeah it was for kids and it was like mm-hmm. i'm like 10 years old i'm like well i'm i'm just suicidal now thanks archie <laughs> Yeah, that's oh god. <laughs> Thanks, Archie. I hope you don't have a wonderful show on the CW network at any point in the future. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh I, I enjoy that show way more than I should. Mm. <laughs> you guys want to talk, uh, set the scene for the episode? It uh premiered in September of 1993, to be exact. Uh, September 18th, 1993 was when the episode premiered on ABC, written by Jules Dennis. Uh, I almost said Denis because uh, for for one second, I thought he was French-Canadian. But there's two N's in Dennis. Written by Tool, Jules Dennis, uh, Sonic voiced by Jaleel White. Both were voiced by Urkel, and both were on ABC. And uh, this was the badass version. And uh, they start off in... Uh, Robotropolis, and it looks like Rotor, Sally, Princess, Sally, and Bunny are working on repairing a water wheel, trying to give it more power. And it seems simple enough. And then uh, Nicole, their computer, starts to malfunction, and a chili dog appears, and down comes Sonic, because nobody can take him away uh, from chili dogs. such a trope it really is (laughs) so was that something from the video games i feel like i don't recall that being in the games but it definitely shows up in both cartoons and it makes me wonder like are are they trying to do the ninja turtles thing there like what analog for pizza can we put in here hey it's funny you say that because the reason why the show was canceled is because of uh ninja turtles because ninja turtles uh, was uh in the same time slot on um whatever network it was on cbs CBS and uh, it was the ratings juggernaut by comparison. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Years, trying, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to, to cash in on that, do their own version of it. But uh, yeah, Chili Dogs uh, never referenced in any of the video games. It was it was strictly to that show and then the comic series. And then I would just remember him jumping on things and collecting rings and then trying to. Uh, b- bounce off Dr. Robotnik's head at the end of each and every level. But that was 
that was new to me, but I thought it was a nice touch. Meh. So, so that chili dog show, uh, dog showing up is a sign of um, what's the computer's name? Nicole, Nicole has been has been malfunctioning, and so this is the part of the cartoon that lost me, guys. It it goes from malfunctioning to, and they're saying like, oh, there's a problem with a chip, to like suddenly they're breaking into a warehouse to steal a chip. I'm like, wait, where did that come from? Like, when was this decision made? I found him, Doctor Robotnik. I can't remember if this is right when the wizard pops up. Yes, this is. Mm-hmm. So they're searching for the microchip, and then the 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 gang stumbles upon a, a wizard named is it Lazar or Hazar? Well, well, no, no. First, it's his uh, his like helper. Uh, oh, this, that's this, right. Like, yeah. Ominous looking like skeleton face thing called the uh, the guardian. That uh, I think Robotnik and that that uh, Snively, who we've looked at bef- uh, before, has spoke about it about the henchmen, uh, and someone's like, "Oh yeah, the Guardian watches over the resting place of Lazar, the evil Lazar. wizard." Yeah. L- Lazar, more like Yoda. Oh, it was it was the exact same like Yoda kind of like Incredible Hulk way of speaking. Like I, I even had some quotes in here somewhere. It's like, yeah, evil I was once. Regret regret the evil do I brains you have <laughs> yeah god that just like <laughs> the, the second he started talking i'm like oh here this, this is gonna be it this is gonna be the whole episode <laughs> just yoda so wow. there's definitely there definitely is some of that like comedy in here like like uh like the other cartoon like sonic is definitely like the com- comedy that like sally's straight man she like at one point he sees like the, the either the factory or like the wizard's evil headquarters he's like that is one ugly condo yeah what, what uh, what's kind of jarring about this series is sonic you you can you can tell they were trying to interject the same level of campy humor with Sonic that was present in the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, but at the same time it was in this serious environment. Like Sonic, every everything that comes almost everything that comes out of Sonic's mouth is a uh, like a witty catchphrase or some uh, play on words. Yeah, it's kind of doing the Spider Man role. It's out of place at at most. Uh, junctures in this episode but it, it it gelled a little bit although it was a little hard to follow i had to watch it a couple times before i came on because i i i know a lot of the episodes that we've watched they're pretty they're either easy to follow or they're just all over the place and i think this is the latter and uh it's not bad it's just it, it just kind of, you know, there's some holes here. Like, you know, they don't really set the scene for the series um, the way that the some of the other, you know, Sonic episodes kind of, you know, do that much 
you know, much better than this. Uh, so then they come upon Lazar, who who threatens to take away Sonic's. Well, he doesn't threaten to take Sonic's speed, but he does want to get um, his computer back from Doctor Robotnik, who's just he's evil and he's yeah, voiced and, by Jim and Cummings. Key- and he and and this Robotnik is not like the 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 piece of shit, you know, creepy one in the adventures of sonic the hedgehog this one is just pure saturday morning prototypical evil oh yeah and that was more i really think that's more in line with the general vibe of the video games right because just robotnik isn't really given too much of a backstory in the uh in the old genesis games he's just the evil genius who captures animals and turns them into robots and you really you really get background with him in the series even though most of the time when you when you see him he's just sitting or they're doing like the over the shoulder thing where you don't really get a good look at him but he is for all intents and purposes uh just evil there's no really other word to describe it whereas in he's the, evil evil he's not goofy asshole buffoonish evil like on the series that uh we had just mentioned this is just pure unadulterated evil and he you can feel it and it's almost like i'm gonna go out on a limb i'm gonna say it's kind of like uh, heath ledger's joker okay yeah. i just um, went out on a limb <laughs> well i mean i mean that's a that's a I'm surprised it hasn't broken under the weight of you, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong because then look at all the other incarnations of, of Joker that have been done <laughs> and, and, compa- and compared to compared to the one that killed Heath Ledger. Mm, oh my God. No, no, I, I, I had to, have, I guess we had to have been a fly on the wall it, w- during those readings with Heath Ledger and, and Morgan Freeman, because it's not, you know, it, it, it it's evil, but it's not, evil unless we 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 got into the role unless we immersed ourselves in 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 that character of the joker but uh i watched on a side note i watched the dark knight earlier this year for the first time ever oh wow i never i know i never watched it when it first came out i just went when heath ledger died and then there were there was all this admiration and all the accolades the posthumous honors uh, I just never got into it because I think when something's a huge sensation, I, I get overwhelmed and I usually go in the opposite direction. I'm one of those guys that likes to do the opposite thing. So finally, when the, the fanfare died down and uh, that was 12 years later, I told my girlfriend, I never watched this. And Kim's like, really? Well, you have to watch it. And it was so long. I don't think I would have been able to make it if I had gone into the theaters without going for at least three bathroom breaks. Man, I, I saw that three or four times in the theater. Yeah, it was it was a I know. two four for me, but in part because of don't the bathroom even. breaks, like you said, it was it was it was a long one. I'm like, I'm not sure I got all of that. I need to go back and watch it again. And I'm yeah. gonna. Well, going back to Opie and Anthony, I remember when Heath Ledger died. They just had a field day with that one. It was, oh, I know. Uh, they were such jerks about it. Well, but they it are. Well, no, Opie and Anthony jerks. Nah. I think Anthony blocked me on Twitter one time because I called him out on his Nazi memorabilia because that's uh yeah he had a very he's a very disturbing individual. Let's pretend. Let's let's not beat around the bush. He's he's got issues. 
<laughs> does he? Does he? <laughs> uh, so, but, Jack, I gotta, I, I gotta jump in as long as we're talking about Robotnik here. Did you said you watched some of the later cartoon? Did you follow yeah. the games and whatnot too? And I, I'm getting at this because I think, well, originally in Japan and maybe now in the games, he's not Robotnik anymore. I think it's uh, Eggman. Yep, I believe. I don't know it. If you guys. Well, I uh, I believe it was with Sonic Adventure um, on the Sega Dreamcast in mm-hmm. 1998, where it was uh, established that he was now Eggman across uh, the world, and there was no there was no discrepancy in name. And that's the only reference to Robotnik was that in Sonic Adventure he was going to uh, build Robotnik Land. Ah, uh, okay. From that point forward, he was. Uh, for he was Eggman. Now in the Archie comics, the Archie comics they would do tie-ins to the video games that were coming out at the time, and they did a big uh, Sonic Adventure tie-in, and they they realized they needed to make it so the Eggman of the comics was in line with the Eggman of the video games, and at the time it was still the 1993 Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon series robot. Right. So uh, what happened in uh, uh, spoilers, oh no. Uh, <laughs> what happened is at some point in the series, Robotnik was actually killed, but he downloaded himself into a robotic clone called Robo Robotnik. And so for, for a period of time in the comic series, robot they weren't actually like battling Robotnik. They were battling like Robotnik's henchmen. And... Um, some looming force over Mobotropolis had returned and, and uh, another war was brewing. They end up going into outer space um, and uh, they, they encounter Robo Robotnik. I think this was like uh, on the cusp of like issue 75, maybe? I can't remember. Okay. Maybe 75. We'll yeah. go with it. <laughs> so um, they defeat Robo Robotnik. Uh, they think everything's like going to go back to normal. Uh, but it turns out now Robo Robotnik downloaded himself into another body. Oh no. Uh, and they show the last, it was, I think the last sh- uh, frame, I guess, of, of a panel. Last panel of uh, issue 75 was an assembly line of all different looking uh, uh, Eggmen, uh, different looking uh, Robotniks. And the one that was chosen was the one that we are now familiar with in all of the video games, the one that uh, we saw in Sonic Adventure. So that's how they um, have they had to do this transition starting with, with something that they'd started with the animated series and uh, had to now continue on six, seven years later into the, you know, at the time, the Sega Dreamcast era oh, of the video. Oh, my God. Do, do do any of you guys remember an ad from 2000 during the Sonic Saturn era? And they had a, a bunch of the, the, the characters at some dance rave party. And it was, oh, yeah. hey, Sonic, man, lay off the, the light speed. And then Sonic's like, my bad. And Sonic's like DJing, I think. Yeah, I think it was, it was Gary um, Payton who said that because he, he was in his, his Sonics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Super Sonics yeah. in the episode we're reviewing is Super Sonic. Hello. Yeah, it was a Dreamcast commercial. Oh, and, Dreamcast. Okay. Yeah. And it was, there, there were a couple of, um, there are a couple of commercials like that. And I, you know, I, I want to play the audio. 
but it's just it's not gonna it's it's not gonna play well when there's no visual to go along with it. But uh, okay. there were two well, it's theater very, for the mind. Yeah, maybe we can patch a little in after the fact when we put it out. Yes, we can. We do that anyway in post production. But yeah, okay. So it was Dreamcast. Yeah, the marketing campaign was uh, the "It's Thinking" um, tag, and the second one. So the first one was yeah, the dance party where where Sonic is DJing, and the other one is um, Tails versus um uh one of the nba some some nba player gary um, payton yeah probably because and, it's the supersonics uh, and he was on the seattle supersonics but go on you you don't like sports and i know dave and i do but yeah i'm just not i'm just not educated despite you know where i live so i'm a disgrace <laughs> to anyone that lives in this region oh, but um no, stop. uh I, I just recall Tails. He's like, I'm gonna. He says something like, "I'm gonna wipe the floor with you" or something. And uh, I remember Gary, that. Gary Payton's just like, "Watch it, quadruped." <laughs> I feel like they were always looking for like little like taglines with, with Sonic. Like even even in this cartoon, uh, I think every, before every time he started running, he for some reason he says "juice and jam time." Yes, <laughs> I have no idea what that was, but all right. Yeah. Got a, got a juice. That, that was his, his way of we, uh, uh, saying it's time to start running. <laughs> yeah. Back to the Robotnik's lair in this episode. He so he's got a he his speed sonic speed has been reduced rather uh, rapidly, uh, and uh, he's trying to get that computer back from Robotnik, and Robotnik's an asshole, and uh, Robotnik's using his powers to make Princess Sally and Bunny his, what would you call them, slaves? Uh, yeah, I would. Brainwashed Uh, in some way. It's like the next best thing to actually roboticizing them. I seriously thought that they were going to get roboticized, and uh, it didn't happen, but it was... um, it was close to it. Yeah, he 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 brainwashed him. And just the fact that it, this this version of brainwashing is as it's not as creepy as if it were on the other series. I keep bringing it up because uh, I have to remind myself now of the stark differences between the two Robotniks. But this but this form of slavery is it, it needs to be called out. It's it's a form of misogyny against two uh robotropolis uh females we can call them we can call them females i'm putting on my sjw social justice hat (laughs) oh sure well i'm not pandering (laughs) well what what bunny she's like i mean she's half robot i mean she was an example she was supposed to get roboticized and she got pulled out midway through the process so that's why she's uh like 80 percent robot (laughs) <laughs> and uh I, I don't know how and then sonic comes along and uh he's there to save the day and uh they go back to they they are able to unbrainwash themselves uh the princess and the bunny and then bunny says it's hip-hop time which was just probably the one of the corniest lines and typical 90s tropes <laughs> yep yep yeah um now i i having trouble remembering had sonic already lost his speed at this point pretty yeah pretty much. So, yeah 
so, so he, he makes a he makes a deal with the wizard Lazar to uh, well, he, well he's he's breaking into um, uh, Lazar's place at the same time Robotnik is and you, you get this whole like um, sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark thing where like Robotnik takes the the crystal uh, slash computer I think they keep going back and forth between calling it a crystal and a computer and Sonic's dodging through all these traps and whatnot and that's when he kind of like wakes up the or speaks to the wizard and the wizard it's like a deal he's struck he's like okay you get in return my crystal slash computer and uh i'll give you your speed back like i I think the line is something like uh evil i am no more but stupid i am not or something you know something along those lines which from the continent well, from a continuity standpoint, going back from crystal to computer chip, it's just it, it's it's not good. That was hope hope somebody got fired for that one. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> it does got... if, that was a curveball, man. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You're a lifesaver. <laughs> so, this episode of Sonic the Hedgehog was not aired live, but I hear it's a terrible strain on the animator's wrist. <laughs> oh, note: Sonic died on his on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Where is it? I have. Uh, Here we go. Hey, kids, always recycle. To the extreme! I forgot that you, uh, you, you you know yourself a few Simpsons quotes. That's how Dave and I met. We, uh, oh, yeah, we, we, met, we, met, we met at the Simpsons trivia night. Hosted by another radio oh, colleague of ours, Duncan from 92.5 The River. And I always place in fourth. I got to get over that hump whenever we have trivia night. We, we tried doing the uh, the uh, Zoom trivia earlier this year. Um, I know Jess, uh, you and Jess were on one team, Dave, and uh, yeah. I – try to promote i think i tried to promote my girlfriend's uh scholarship fund uh uh during that uh time period as well and i know we pr- promoted it on the the last episode we did for the halloween show with pat but uh yeah no it was i think trivia is much better in person anyways but now i'm going off track yeah <laughs> So I just wanted to talk to you guys about the resolution of like how like, okay, they've, they've Sonic like uses the crystal to like de brainwash his friends and like there's all sorts of chaos going on. Things are falling down and they just kind of run away. oh no they've escaped we can't catch them and it's not like he has a speed or anything i was trying to figure out like what exactly happened there am i missing something or is that it they're just like all right let's run away well that that's that was it so they could set themselves up for fun and exciting adventures next week I, I do like uh, that when they go to return the crystal to uh, the the sorcerer there, they're like, hey, do you want to join the Freedom Fighters? He's like, no, I need to guard this crystal forever. And they're like, oh, why, why, how about we just break it? He's like, no, then the evil will go everywhere. 
<laughs> that, <laughs> okay, that part pissed me off because like freaking diet yoda over here takes some sonic <laughs> in, in speed literally the, the, the kid's name is sonic like what is he without his speed greg like <laughs> and then you're gonna egg the hedgehog you want to join our band of rabble rousers like the, the guy just stole from you dude like what the hell that, you, what stockholm syndrome now you guys are friends <laughs> like what's he gonna do he's gonna be the, the it's not gonna look right he's a human everyone everyone the freedom fighters are animals they, like that's the other thing too everyone again is, continuity oh everyone up against uh, uh humans here like it, it's it's literally animals fighting it's it's I, in the comics they're called overlanders uh it's animals versus humans uh there, there there's nary a overlander out there that the freedom fighters are um uh, friendly with there, there's like one that i can think of in um in the comic series and his name was nate morgan and he was the only only one that they were who, who's on their side everyone else was an enemy and uh, <laughs> I do love that when you've got characters like Sonic the Hedgehog, Dr. Robotnik, Lazar the Wizard, and Nate Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> it's always duh. And that's 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 how you know you're you're dealing with a, a hardcore fan on a message board when their name is like Jack the Hedgehog. Not that I ever used that name, but th those are the ones who will argue with you over uh, wh which freedom fighter was best, which uh, which faction of freedom. Oh fighter. no, those guys are the worst because they go to these comic conventions or the comic cons. They go to the 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 Heinz Convention Center or uh, whatever you know wherever the next Comic Con is, and then they'll they'll point out something in your costume that is off you know they'll ask you and i worked at a a, a witch's woods the, uh theme park and uh we had a big cast party and um somebody made fun of me for going dressed up as dog funny because he wore and i had an off color white and he threw he threw a shit fit and he um, you know it's i'm not even joking that i mean i had an off color white and he says my whitey tighties that, that he wears around it wasn't even it wasn't white enough it wasn't i mean no excuse me sir your uh select the hedgehog costume is clearly based <laughs> off of the uh, 1994 incarnation of sonic however uh your shoes have gold buckles on them and the gold buckles were not added until issue number 71 uh from uh, march of 1900 <laughs> uh, you gotta come back on buddy there's an open slot. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. The it, but they go to these comic cons and they quiz women. Here I go putting the SJW back on uh, hat back on. Really but they quiz women on and, and you know it is fucking misogynistic. That well, it's literally. I mean, we were just we were just quoting it, but it was the itchy and scratchy Q and A session. They're pressing June Foray for for answers. <laughs> she's like, she's not gonna know. They're not going to know at all. I'm glad that you pointed out that she's based that it's June Foray, even though the character isn't June. Oh, it Foray, absolutely it, is. Yeah, it, it oh, is yeah, June right, Foray. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it was. She's a lady, a beautiful lady. But so, uh, well, related to both radio and, and The Simpsons, there's a great video of Hank Azaria on a on a morning show up in uh, Toronto, I think. Q107. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe like 10 years ago. And uh, the host he's talking to asks him a question like, what's your favorite, um, like Mr. Burns quote? And Hank Azaria is like, dude, I just record the lines. I don't remember any of this stuff. I don't watch the show. And then he like turns around and goes, could you could you tell me what your favorite traffic break was yesterday? Like, it's, like, like, the, it's like the guys you, that ask him to as Jaleel White to do Urkel. Hey, would you do Ooh, Urkel? No, no, no. I, I'm a hood. I'm in the hood now. I do Urkel, you know, 10 years ago. No, nah, come on, do Urkel. Well, if you insist. <laughs> you, know what, you know what the celebrities appreciate when you don't talk to them about the stuff that they're uh, that they're into or that they're promoting. If because the, one of the first mistakes I made in in radio, the first oh uh, here we go oh god was telling uh he was in Shaun of the Dead and I told him that and I'm I like not not like hey you're in Shaun of the Dead I was like hey I liked you in Shaun of the Dead and he just like gave me a look and I'm like all right I, I learned right then and there don't talk to them about that case in point. Uh, Wes Welker came in once and I'm, uh, you know, again, I don't know anything about sports and it's actually uh, Wes Welk, Weckler, uh, Mayor Menino meant to say uh, uh, Welker. But of course, I think that car crash in 1998 fucked up his speech. <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, I just killed my tonsil. Anyway, you OK? Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I know I know we'll fix that. Some uh, lucky charms. Oh um, my God, you're doing the transition for us. I love wait, it. I, I need I need to hear the end of the Welker story. But uh, <laughs> Welker, he comes and he's sitting in the production studio with me while while I'm answering phones, and I uh, turn and look at him. I'm just go, and he was the nicest guy. I'll tell you this. No, he does he, sound he would, nice. He would call in every Friday morning, and I I'd, I'd put him on, and he was always just like he was the one, uh, like celebrity the one famous person who would call in and be like hey how you doing that really yeah. means something when they actually say something more than just hello that you could actually converse with them briefly like he was he was just a cordial gentleman no he was and it was the only time he ever came in in studio and uh so you know get to get to put a face to the name and i just strapped all i'm like hey man i'm gonna tell you this like right right from the outset i don't pay attention to sports i don't i don't pay attention to the patriots i'm sorry i can't i can't hold a conversation about sports with it and he was just like he's like that's totally fine because i'm gonna go in there and talk about uh sports for 30 or 45 minutes anyway so uh anything to get my mind off of it for a minute is great and he looks over uh i had a you know one of the computers i was sitting in front of i would just always just have up whatever on it and i had an article up about whatever new call of duty was coming out at the time we, and uh he he points out he goes oh you read about call of duty what's your favorite one ended up talking to the guy for like 10 15 minutes just about video games and he was just a he was just a huge geek uh oh, that's great that was and i just like and he was just really excited to talk about it because i guarantee you any person that meets him just wants to talk about the pages they want to talk about football and he just he has to be sick of it so to be able to talk to someone about an interest of his that is not related to his profession in the least i think he he seemed like he appreciated right. it because he had a big smile on his face the entire time i was asking him like what his favorite games were what system he had he was an xbox player um 
and he just seemed to really enjoy that. And then when it, he almost seemed uh, kind of sad that because like, you know, Spaz comes in and he's like, all right, like it's time. Let's go do the thing. And he just kind of seemed sad that he had to stop talking about video games and then go well, and just talk be about glad he didn't start talking to you about his time at Robert, Dr. Robert Leonard or Dr. Robert DiStefano. Uh, nobody remembers oh, those ads. Thing? Are they still doing that? I think they do, but the, I the think hair loss, the hair, hair replacement, right? Yeah, hair follicles. Yeah, it's about ten thousand dollars a graft. So good luck there, Dave Morrison. <laughs> yeah, this I'm is like, how wait, wait a minute, man. My hairline, my hairline is. No, 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 no. I got the. Always, no, 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 no. The Puerto Rican side got the uh, the balding. Uh so well, look, I set you guys up for a great segue. Um, so I'll shut up. <laughs> well, well, I just want. I just before before we hop over to it, I just want to drop in the the uh, silly little joke they throw in at the very end of the episode. They go back and like all the work that's been going on for like this water wheel they set up at the beginning of the episode. They get back and it's like powering a light bulb. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the big payoff. Yeah, it's hilarious that they're in the forest and they're relying on, uh, you know, water to power their electricity where they just came out of a, a, a city that's like just nothing but machinery. Yeah, it's it's pure technology. It's smokestacks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, are, 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 so I'm sorry. Uh, quickly, quickly. Did anyone watch Hey Arnold back in the 90s? Sure, of course. Yeah, a bit here and there. Reminds me of... Uh, the there's an episode where Arnold has his grandpa's uh, pocket watch and he drops it down a drain, and oh, yeah. there's a, a guy that lives in the sewer that uh, they call like the sewer king. So they they end up playing a game with chess of him, with him so they can get back the uh, the pocket watch. And when he gives it back to uh, his uh, no, I think he loses it again. I think he drops it back down the drain after uh, they they. Uh, come back to the surface so arnold goes back and tells his uh grandpa and his grandpa just opens up a drawer and he's got like two dozen of them just a drawer full of them yeah Mm. i love those i love those fu endings at the end of uh like any cartoon or or, or really anything my favorite episode of hey arnold was the one with the the uh, vietnamese uh american american reuniting with her father or he oh, was that, that like a Christmas special or something? Yeah, that was it, it was, and I'm 31 years old, and it makes me cry oh, it to this. Should. Man, that, oh, wow. Yeah, no, it it was well done, and I think it was the last real well done children's animated series uh, episode where <clears throat> they talked about something that was really you know not talked about in you know cartoons at that time especially on nickelodeon as the the cartoons started getting a little more gimmicky and the series started to get and i think cat dog was starting uh to make its way into you know children's programming at the time and then of course spongebob came a few years later so they really they moved away from kind of the heavy topics and i think between that and the the rugrats episode where they talked about chucky's mother dying my goodness that's another that's those two just get me to this day at least with hey arnold though we got this gem out of it I hate the snow. I hate the snow. I hate the rain and I hate the sleep. Man, I sure do hate the snow. Feet of froze and my toes are too. I hate, I hate, whoa! I hate the snow. I hate the snow. I sing it every year when I'm out there shoveling. Oh, uh, God. It's coming soon, baby. Welcome to New England. <clears throat> 70 degrees today. 
Yeah, I know. It was like that <laughs> last year. And it, in my apartment, they just fixed the heat. The last year, it was oh, it was wicked horrible. And the heat would just run nonstop in the winter. So it would be about 75 degrees. And the heat, it wasn't just the heat. It's It would be like a sauna in here. I mean, it's gone, God willing, and the creek don't rise. But I bring, I bring Kim over. And, uh, of course, I get cold easily. So it doesn't matter to me. But... Yeah, you know, of course. She looks at me like I'm I'm up in blankets and and she's like living in a sauna and she's about ready to kill me. <laughs> no, I mean it just spits out and it makes this banging noise like like the like banging on a tin can. Like banging on a trash can. Drumming on, drumming on the street light. Drumming on the street light. Mm. Big big baby. One little voice that says we got to get to some cereal. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, I'm going to run in the other room and grab mine. I don't have it right. handy. So uh, give it two or three minutes and right. uh, we'll just uh, reconvene if that's cool. All right. We'll okay. be right back here on the frosted right. side. Don't go anywhere. So I snuck in a little WAAF with Mistress Carrie and Mike Shue around the, I don't know what mark it is, but you'll hear it. It's Mistress Carrie and Mike Shue, formerly of WAAF, signing off one final time, getting very emotional because radio is very emotional for those who've worked in front of the mic, behind the mic, whatever, and behind the scenes running the boards. It is a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a whatever gender and it is one of the institutions we cannot let that pillar be destroyed by corporate media. And before I get on my soapbox, make sure you stay positive and test negative. We'll be right back. to the Dave's Modeling School, where today our students will demonstrate their catwalking skills. For example, here's Davina balancing a book on top of her flat head while showing off a brand new frosted side t-shirt from tpublic.com. Yes, any size, any shirt, any logo you want made, just head on over to your computer and log in to tpublic.com and search for the Frosted Side. Help support this fine podcast.
Hey, welcome back to the Frosted Side with our special guest, Jack Gill, Dave Morrison, Dave L, trying some Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes. Yes, together at last, like nuts and gum. Hmm. Jack, have you had you've had these before? I take it right. Was nah, I fucked up the line. <laughs> Everyone listens to me, no matter how dumb my suggestions are. <laughs> you you've had these before, or you were just wanting to try them because they are a new cereal. It just looks like the worst possible concoction. Um, uh, it, it, Lucky Charms mixed with frosted flakes and uh, i don't know about you guys i don't eat my cereal with milk nor do i normally oh this is interesting yeah uh dave dave's not a milk guy no for first time first time you really had cereal with milk was on the podcast right dave correct i just can't do it i don't know but yeah i would never put marshmallows in my frosted flakes i would never put my okay. i mean but it's not a bad idea so, well, this is where I, I need Yeah. Um, so, I was looking on, on the um, grocery shelf the other day, and I found a, um, a very similar cereal. Um, well, I got the chocolate version by the Frosted Flakes with Marshmallows. So I paused and like, wait, why would they put out both? And the, the um, you know... Jack, I uh, not by trade, but by uh, training, I, I, I'm an attorney, and uh, all my studying was all sort of uh, intellectual property, copyright, trademark sort of stuff. And uh, I realized there is not a trademark for Frosted Flakes. So this is not your Tony the Tiger Frosted Flakes because that is Kellogg's and this is a General Mills cereal. So if you go out to a store right now, they have both Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes and Frosted Flakes with marshmallows, each one made by a different company. And uh, I, I did end up sampling the um, Frosted Flakes with marshmallows and your, your Frosted Flakes Flakes, your Tony the Tiger Frosted Flakes, are a lot sweeter than this one these things and a lot more sugary and and if i'm being honest i think this stuff works a lot better you know what though i'm um surprised at how much i like this me too yeah th this is a lot better than i was expecting and i think it's a lot better than the frosted flakes with marshmallows yeah this is weird man i was expecting to just hate this right <laughs> i bought it like paint on it and and i'm the <laughs> vegan here and i like this yeah um, I also have a box of uh, Fruit Loops with marshmallows. Okay. Ooh. Now I don't know. You just explained it, and it's got me thinking because I, I don't know if it's it's not Lucky Charms. It's got to be um, just like the generic thing because it's um, it's got marshmallow pieces in it, but it's not the Lucky Charms marshmallows. Yeah, we have Fruit Loops as Kellogg's too. So I guess so. The issue. Forgive, forgive the uh, trademark law nerdery here, but uh, a trademark is particularly weak if it's uh, descriptive and Frosted Flakes, you know, it is, you know, Frosted Flakes. So that, you know, Kellogg's was unable to sort of register and protect that as a trademark. So uh, they're kind of doing their own version of this, you know, Lucky Charms is allowed to use Frosted Flakes in it because they're Frosted Flakes, but uh, Kellogg's is not allowed to use, you know, Lucky Charms marshmallows in their Fruit Loops or their Frosted Flakes. So That's interesting, man. I didn't I know, know that, that either. That, that's definitely, this definitely seems to be the thing now, like every cereal is throwing marshmallows into it. Like Lucky Charms used to be the marshmallow one, but I feel like 
every every cereal you'll, you'll soon you'll have your you know your like grape nuts with marshmallows coming out no you gotta draw the line you, somewhere you know what i wish existed chocolate frosted sugar bombs Oh, what? there's like a cartoon that's in, right? What what is that? Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, that's it. Okay. That is, you're right. Yeah. I should have known you, that. Would pick up on it. And remember, Calvin only eats his uh, several bowls of chocolate frosted sugar bombs while he's watching Saturday morning cartoons. Well, not our Calvin, because our dog Calvin, our little chia poo, would get. A, uh, uh, a trip to the vet if if he ate some chocolate bombs because dogs can't have chocolate. Actually, my girlfriend and her mom they have the, they have their dog their 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 dog Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's just just I, uh, plugging I, I my dog, girlfriend's dog. In forever recently, my uh, my brother uh, when he was uh, uh, seventeen uh, got like what looks like a jailhouse like Calvin and Hobbes tattoo from some guys who like happened to have bought a tattoo gun and were at a party. So like that's his one tattoo for the last you know twenty something years or whatever. In our fifteen I years, now. what the quality is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it looks like it's drawn with a big pen, but uh, a couple of years ago, I got him the, uh, they've compiled them all into one like giant, like three volumes and picked up the complete Calvin Hobbes. And before I gave it to him, I was like thumbing through it. I'm like, that, that, mm. that thing's timeless, man. Like it, it, it was still, you know, it, it was when I was like 14. Yeah. I've got that, that exact box set sitting on my mantle. Um, I think I, I think I took one of them out and started reading it and realized I'm like, well, A, I get them daily anyway. So, um, yeah. But B, um, man, that's just, it, it's like a vault almost because there's Calvin and Hobbes lasted the perfect amount of time. It was only in production for 10 years and it's, it, it ended, it came to a close and it's never, it's never been revived. Uh, and, and except for a few, more recent appearances bill waterson has is basically just kind of faded into oblivion and he never and, sold like, out the actively. series he, he could have made that into a big giant franchise and he never never did well and he does the whole like you know thomas Pinchon, jd salinger sort of thing where mm-hmm. he is like actively putting himself out of view and like okay like let's let that exist on its own no i'm not going to endorse my uh child character peeing on things and letting you let you put it on trucks you know like there i don't think there was ever even a Hobbes stuffed animal no there never was the only thing he ever uh licensed for merchandise was a um uh, like a teaching book it was something that like teachers could use to follow along with calvin and Hobbes. oh it's great it wasn't the only thing it was one of like three um but there was a there, a cartoon series called Pearls Before Swine that um, oh yeah you know, okay for a, a few years uh, every April Fool's um, Bill Watterson would uh, contribute to uh, the comic and there was uh, one panel that actually featured uh, Calvin and Hobbes and um, it was done as an April cool. Fool's joke because it was like hey April Fools I got Bill Watterson out of retirement and uh, and it ended up being a big thing because it was like the first time. Uh, Watterson had done any art at all, in, like publicly, since Calvin and Hobbes ended in uh, '95. Hmm. 
that's got to make you wonder if there's like if he's you know working on something in secret that you know we, we find after he passes or yeah. whatever years down the line or if, i or thought if he, he did just... pass but i guess he didn't but i thought i looked no. it up the other day but no he's still alive thank goodness um gary larson from the far side he brought the far side back recently back. yeah hey i discovered the internet uh this year so i um am gonna start doing new cartoons new far side those must have ended right around the same time too if i'm remembering right maybe Mm. well this is a good serial i was not expecting this to be good guys dave Dave linkwist let me ask you this did you stop on the way to get some either cinnamon toast crunch or some uh one of the sour patch kids cereals that uh uh our guest jack gill have uh picked up oh, the, the the ice creams yeah no no i i i didn't get a separate stop off over at walgreens though uh i did just polish speaking of cinnamon toast crunch i did just polish off a box of the uh churro shaped cinnamon toast crunch oh. i've been meaning to bring up and uh eh, it's just logs of cinnamon toast crunch you know, well i don't know what i was expecting from churro flavor when you know it's basically the same as the cinnamon toast flavor but eh, well it was decent well, I don't know about you, but I already took a little bit of a nibble at the Cinnamon Toast Crunch ice cream. Obviously, I don't want to eat too much because it's not really part of my diet. But uh, it tastes like ice cream, but it does. It tastes a little bit like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but more so kind of like soda bread. <laughs> Irish soda bread with a lot of cinnamon for ice cream. Interesting. You know I still need to find uh, some brewery made like a Lucky Charms beer a couple months back. Oh, that was, was in Virginia. Twitter and Facebook. Okay, yeah. It was in Virginia, and we got to do a little live remote. And um, I think uh, once uh, COVID passes, uh, we can uh, maybe go take a little road trip down there. Road trip. Yeah, that would be fun. Road trip. Yay. Maybe a, like an anniversary episode or something. But uh you guys will be you're talking about Lucky Charms beer. You guys will be happy to know that a few years ago I actually tried to make Skittlebrow. You what? <laughs> you, you just add them directly to a existing beer. You tried to brew it from the ground up. Oh, I I I just took Skittles. I I, I literally added two bags of Skittles to a uh, uh, a couple bottles of beer, as as Homer put it. No, that's exactly what I do. No, I do that. At, I, 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 no, it goes well with um, <laughs> it goes well with an IPA, but not so much a porter. So you you, you got to do your uh, your uh, your um, green skittles in a wait. Are the green ones lime or apple? I don't remember. But you drop some green ones into a uh, Mexican beer and uh, you know, oh my God. poor man's Corona and lime. Ah, oh, that's a shame. It had a little bit of the. Mentos and Diet Pepsi effect, where oh. you put the bag in oh. and it immediately starts bubbling. Uh, it was not uh, as good as I was expecting. Oh, damn shame. That's too bad. Because I try because so, I put mine in my IP and I I, I I was very impressed with the results. A little too rich, but you know when you need some comfort food and some comfort beer, fucking go for it. So did it did it just dissolve it entirely? Yeah, I pretty much ate it. Um, yeah. I have a picture of it somewhere, but it's um, it was actually kind of interesting watching the you know the process of a skittle dissolve. 
Oh, it's amazing. You're watching it at the bottom and you can see the oxidation and the dissolving of the Skittles and, and the shell coming off, rising to the top. Um, if you, you can do that, with, I do that with seltzer water. That's 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 where the money is. You know, I have actually have some sparkling water, some clear choice black cherry from the Mullahs Market Basket. And uh, last week I poured some um, Skittles that I wasn't going to hand out because we didn't have candy uh, trick or treating up here in Lowell. So what do you do? You 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 treat yourself. And that's what I did. I poured some go. Skittles into the uh, the sparkling water, which is not seltzer water. It's basically soda for people who don't want to give up soda and i just poured the skittles in and i watched the dissolving and the oxidation and it turned the it turned the seltzer water into an off color purple interesting but it was good it was good it i mean i wouldn't i don't know if i do it again uh or <laughs> I, if i do it again i i maybe not on a uh, a continuous basis because everything's yeah. in moderation but it wasn't it was horrible yeah, I'm this. I'm I go through phases with soda where I will say I'm going to stop drinking soda, and I I try to just exclusively drink uh, seltzer, uh, and uh, that lasts usually about a couple of weeks before I uh, fall off the wagon. Yeah, I got one of those. Uh, oh God, what's the what's the seltzer maker that people also do sodas out of? Uh, soda Stream. I picked up one of those Soda Streams. I gotta and, get me uh, one of those. I, I really need to go back and get like the the little um, cartridges for it because I haven't touched the thing in months, if not a year. But uh, what I ended up doing with it that that kind of I'll take it off your hands. A little more than seltzer was. Uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm gonna use it. Uh, getting oh. like little flavor of the like bitters you'd use to make in a cocktail or something, but just Ooh. putting a dash of one kind of bitters or another's in the seltzer. It's you know a little something different. You know, you're not you're not getting like the calories or the alcohol of like a mixed drink or a soda. Right. And even some of the seltzer waters, if you have those on a daily basis, uh, it can be bad for your digestive system. But everything... Yeah, teeth too, they're really acidic. That's true. The the, the acidic wears down on your teeth. And as we get older, if you don't brush your teeth once or twice a day, you know, you'll end up like one of uh, somebody somebody I used to work with who... Uh, had had rotting teeth, but she never brushed her Oof. teeth. She thought that fluoride was a government conspiracy theory. Oh, oh one of those. Yes. Uh, this, yes. I, I've worked with quite a few people who were uh, missing teeth because of that exact reason. So not only did it inspire me to brush regularly, but then it uh, <laughs> also inspired me to... Well, you need those uh, pipes, go- dude. You need those... Well, I- also inspired me to go to the dentist uh, twice a year, uh, COVID notwithstanding. Uh, but yeah. I'm also doing uh, the Smile Direct Club. I'm almost done with it. Thank oh, God. Goodness. I keep wearing these things. But uh, every time, uh, if you if you pop out the uh, aligners to eat or anything, you got to brush your teeth before you put them back in. So I find myself brushing my teeth like three times a day now. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That would do it. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm on Mass Health, so I got to switch up my uh, and my uh, my dentist, my the uh, Evergreen Dental. They just dropped Mass Health, so I got to go someplace local here in Lowell. But 
Fortunately, I uh, I brush and floss maybe three times a day, and I was telling. Why must you fill my dentistry full of lies? <laughs> you know, the brave, big British book of smiles. No, no, the big British book of of smiles. Don't forget, there's two ofs in there. Oh, <laughs> I didn't really. Yeah. Why am I just finding out about this now? Because <laughs> you're talking to me, that's why. That's true. So, so speaking of rotting teeth, so Jack, with with, with cereal, um, <laughs> are you a cereal person if you're just having it dry? Do you regularly get it? Did you grow up like I did with, in little baggies of it brought for lunch at school for a snack? Or are you just like not a cereal guy because you would have it dry? Uh, both. Um, yeah. I, I also did the, uh, the little bags, um, growing up, you know, my Saturday morning cereal was actually, uh, Reese's puffs. I, I would go through a box of that a weekend. Um, well, lucky you, because I'm not allowed to have Reese's pieces because I am allergic to peanut butter. And if I have some, my tongue will swell up like Mayor Menino after that poor auto accident in Florida on uh, April Fool's you're, Day, you're, 1998. You're nuts and tree nuts, right? Um, I can have coconut, and that's pretty much it. Um, no yeah. macadamia nuts, no walnuts, no peanuts, no... Um, Oh, hazelnut. One of my radio stores, I'll, I'll try the, what, what's the word? Uh, streamline. I'll streamline this as quickly as possible. For my 24th birthday, at the at the, the Colonel brought in uh, a chocolate uh, rocher, one of those with the hazelnut in the in the in the middle. Oh yeah. And it was milk chocolate, and uh, this is before I came vegan. And I didn't know I had a, a nut allergy, but I knew something was wrong whenever I would eat something with with walnuts in my and I would my throat would start to act up. And um, I had already had an allergic reaction years earlier in Utah on holiday when I ate a macadamia nut cookie and I had to have an oatmeal bath, but I didn't do anything about it until years later. But this was one of the fine, final boiling points where I had to say, you know, maybe I should go see an allergist. But uh, he, my, my boss uh, said that if I didn't eat this chocolate with uh, some, some hazelnut in the middle, I would probably get fired. And that this was a nice gift. And so I ate it and uh, I started to swell up and he walked away. Fortunately, the reaction was only about five minutes. Uh, that, that sounds like attempted murder, sir. Yeah, right? Oh, no, he was, well, well, he was a piece of My shit. My lawyer sense is tingling. <laughs> I could, I, I'm going to, well, I, I, we had a guest on, I was telling uh, one of our former guests on here in Lowell that um, when, when that station goes under, I cannot wait to form a production company and just be like, oh yeah, just get all the stories. You know, I got the script and the storyboard, just, just waiting. <laughs> it really is. I could write an entire book of horror stories about when I'm at 9.80 a.m. in Lowell. And uh, I'll, I'll save them for later because I've got a lawyer right here on one line and I've got a radio professional on the other. So <laughs> I'm in good company I, I, right I, now. I got to say, I've, I've, I've loved the radio talk on this one. You know, I worked kind of tangentially for a while, like hosted a college radio show for a bit. So uh, getting to hear you guys talk like inside industry kind of stuff is uh, definitely my <laughs> cup of tea. So nice uh i guess as we're as we're wrapping up here sort of um verdict on the cereal guys i, I mean i think we've all kind of hinted at it like uh i mean this is a hit i'm it's probably gonna bad. finish the box a lot of a lot of times these really sweet sounding ones i i, I just can't do it <laughs> you know i'll turn into a little bit of a snack jack and, did you try uh, the hold on jack did you try the ice cream yet 
Uh, I did. Yes. Um, I would say the ice cream is, it's like cookies and cream, but it's very sweet. Okay. Um, but, uh, it was good. I, I mean, I had to stop myself from, uh, eating the entire thing in one sitting. Um, but I also have, uh, from that same shopping run sour, uh, sour patch kids ice cream that I need to dive into. I got to try that okay. out. Okay. Well, give us your review uh, at some point. We'll try to get this up as soon as possible. But uh, it was a lot of fun having you on. And uh, I hope we did it justice uh, promoting Hardly Focused, uh, available on all podcast streams and wherever podcasts are available. And thank you so much for coming in and being a radio colleague because We've had Duncan on, but we haven't had too many other radio people on the program. And uh, it's just good to talk to somebody who knows the struggle. And hopefully we ruined some dreams of young people who want to get into the broadcasting game. <laughs> Whatever we can do to stop you from going behind the mic. And maybe you can go oh. get a job in the trades, be a tradie. Thank you, Jack. We really appreciate Jack it. Jack Gill, everybody. Yeah, Hardly focused. Former producer, associate, assistant producer, excuse me, at WAAF. May it forever rest in power. And uh, Jack, did you just, just uh, did you want to throw any other plugs in there at the end or the website or whatever? We can kind of, you know, drop it in there. I, I think yeah. we had most of all at the beginning, but if we want to repeat any of it, maybe we oh. can just say that now and drop it in. Yeah, sure. Well, let me throw this in real quick. Oh, the beef hit my bottom. No, my bottom's big. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, hardlyfocused.com is where you can find my podcast, Hardly Focused, uh, on all of the podcast apps, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube, and all the social medias. And uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Jack Gill, everybody. Once again, special thanks to my friend and yours, Mr. Jack Gill from the Hardly Focused Podcast, former radio producer extraordinaire, assistant radio producer extraordinaire from the Hillman Morning Show and the now defunct 107.3 FM WAAF in Boston. May it forever rest in power and more power to live and local radio. For Dave Linquist and myself, Dave Morrison, have a great week. Please be healthy. We'll see you next time on another episode of The Frosted Side. Welcome here to the Dave's Modeling School, where today our students will demonstrate their catwalking skills. For example, here's Davina balancing a book on top of her flat head while showing off a brand new frosted side t-shirt from tpublic.com. Yes, any size, any shirt, any logo you want made, just head on over to your computer and log in to tpublic.com and search for the Frosted Side. Help support this fine podcast.